the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. This morning, we want to invite your attention to Genesis chapter 42. The word of the Lord reads like this, uh, beginning of verse 1. When Jacob saw that there was grain in Egypt, Jacob said to his sons, Why do you look at one another? And he said, Indeed, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down to that place and buy for us there that we may live and not die. So Joseph's ten brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt, but Jacob did not send Joseph's brother Benjamin with his brothers, for he said, lest some calamity befall him. And the sons of Israel went to buy grain among those who uh, journeyed, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. Now Joseph was governor over the land, and it was He who sold to all the people of the land and Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he acted as a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them. Then he said to them, where do you come from? And they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. And so Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. Then Joseph remembered the dreams which he had dreamed about them and said to them, you are spies. You have come to see the nakedness of the land. And they said to him, no, my Lord, but your servants have come to buy food. We are all one man's sons. We are honest men. Your servants are not spies. If you jump over to verse 19 of that same Chapter, chapter 42, verse 19. I want to pick up and just read a few verses there. If you are honest men, Joseph says, let one of your brothers be confined to your prison house, but you go and carry the grain for the famine of your house and bring your youngest brother to me so that your words will be verified and you shall not die. And they did so. They said to one another, we are truly guilty concerning our brother. For we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us, and we would not hear. Therefore, this distress has come upon us. And Reuben answered them, saying, Did not I speak to you, saying, Do not sin against the boy? And you would not listen. Therefore, behold, his blood is now required of us. But they did not know that Joseph understood them, for he spoke to them through an interpreter. And he turned himself away from them and wept. Then he turned to them again and talked with them, and he took Simeon from them and bound him before their eyes. Skip over to chapter 45, 
Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried out, make everyone go out from me. And so no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud and the Egyptians of the house of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does not my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near me. So they came near. And then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve your life. For these two years, the famine has been in the land and there are still five years in which there will still there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve the posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by great deliverance. Father in heaven, we need you on this morning that you might open up our eyes and our understanding to this word and speak to us individually and collectively. A word, God, that would change our life today. A word, God, that may draw someone out of the darkness and into the marvelous light. God, speak a word that would cause someone who has wavered in their faith, drifted in their fellowship, to be restored and renewed today because your favor is with them. Father, in the name of Jesus, I stand in need of you, God, that you would allow for clarity of thought and speech as I preach your word. God, I pray that you would stand up in me, that the people will hear you and not me. Father, we stand in awesome need of you today. And so right now, have your way, Jesus, and overflow in this place. Break us if you have to, but make us in your image and in your likeness. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As we've been on this journey, this series of messages, what's next, has taken us from walking through Joseph's life. From the beginning, part one, we talked about what's next when you're the favorite child. That was in Genesis 37. Part two, we talked about what's next when you serve your haters. That is in Genesis 37 as well. We moved from Genesis 37 to Genesis 39, and we spoke from the idea what's next when plans change. Next, we saw Joseph being faithful to God, and we spoke there from the idea what's next when you resist temptation in Genesis 39. And and last, when we were together, we talked from the idea what's next when the Lord is with you. And we learn that when the Lord is with you, there is favor that comes with the Lord's presence. Uh, We learn that even though the Lord is with you, you can still be forgotten by men when the Lord is with you. That his favor prevails no matter what you have to go through. I want to talk to you in this last and final part of the series of messages, what's next. From the subject matter, what's next after you ascend to your ordained position. Many of us have watched this scenario play itself out. We've witnessed it in many of people's lives. And many of us can say, you know what? I've watched some folk get promoted and I've watched some people ascend into these positions. And some of them get cocky. All of a sudden, they they uppity. They don't know nobody. 
Some of them get lazy. You can't get nothing out of them because somehow they feel like they've arrived. And Pastor, you, and I know you're just saying, well, maybe they wasn't supposed to be there. No, because all promotion comes from God. So if they're in that spot, it was an ordained position for them to be in. As we look at Joseph and see what we can learn from Joseph that he does when he ascends to his ordained position. First of all is as Joseph is interacting with his brothers, he's got promoted to this position that is second only to Pharaoh in Egypt. Now you need to understand Joseph is not an Egyptian. Joseph was a slave that was sold into Egypt an accused rapist who has served time in prison. But look at God. He has promoted him through his favor to the second highest position in all of Egypt. And the famine hits the land just as Joseph declared it would according to the dream that Pharaoh had. And now his brothers who are in Canaan, they're starving in there. And so his father says, why y'all sitting around looking at each other starving to death? I heard that there is grain in Egypt. Y'all go down there and buy some grain. And so when they go to buy grain, they have to buy grain from Joseph. So now that Joseph has ascended into his ordained position, the first thing we notice that Joseph does in the text is that he conceals his identity. Some people conceal their identity because they don't want you to know that when they got to this position that they didn't grow up on the right sides of the track. Joseph is going to conceal his identity so that he can get more information from them about his family. And so what Joseph does to conceal his identity there in uh, chapter 42, I believe it is, verse 7, it says, Joseph saw his brothers, recognized them, but he acted like a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them as if he had no idea who they were. 23 24 uh it says that they did not know that joseph understood them so they, they talking about the wrong they did to him man we should have never done that and then i like what this reuben said i told y'all you should have never did that to that boy and joseph is listening in and they're having this little argument and he said i told you we shouldn't have done this he said look god this thing is coming back on us i, I spoke to you don't do this don't sin against that boy what we reap now we're getting ready to sow They didn't know that Joseph understood them for he spoke to them through an interpreter. That's how he concealed himself. He got emotional in the thing. And then Joseph commanded them to fill their their sacks up and stuff. And and uh, he took Simeon away and bound up Simeon. And and he's um, not letting them know who he is. He got this whole plan. He's working out when you get promoted to or you ascend to your position where God has ordained for you to be, sometimes you got to conceal your identity so that you can hear and find out what's really going on. Joseph conceals his identity for this purpose of getting to know more about his family, what's going on. But the second thing that I love about what happens in this progression of Joseph's what's next is that Joseph not only conceals his identity, but Joseph controls the narrative of his story. 
Most often when we find ourselves in our ordained positions with power like Joseph has, then our enemy comes and our enemy now needs us because, see, it was a time when we needed them, but now they need us. What often happens right about here is that it's not us that controls the narrative. It's our anger and our revenge that controls the narrative. There's some folk in prison this morning because anger took over. There's some people right now that are in bad places, in bad positions because revenge took over the narrative of their life. Can I help somebody right here? The Lord said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. And if you are the favorite child of God, trust me, God is going to take care of anybody who has stepped against you. You don't have to do nothing. You just keep on being a favorite child and God will take care of your haters. Trust me, I know this for a fact. He'll take care of that. You don't need to do nothing. But but watch this. You control your own narrative. That's what Joseph does in the text. Joseph remembers the dreams about his brothers. He does not remember the things they did to him. When Joseph reflects, he sees his brothers. The thing that comes to Joseph's mind is what God had shown him. Stay here. Not not what they did to me. He remembers what God said. God of mercy. And so when, when you get in the position where God has ordained you to be, you need to remember what God said and not what people did. Joseph takes his... Um, his, his accusation, he says, you're a spy, but he's using that further to find out what's happening with his family. And he's, he's trying to control this whole narrative, of how things play out, because he wants his brother, Benjamin, to be brought to him. And so what he does, he, he says to them, you guys are spies, and they, they deny it and all that. And they, they say, no, we honest men and all that. They go through whole, all that scenario. And then Joseph says, well, if you guys are honest, um, leave Simeon here, go get Benjamin. And then when you come back, I'll know y'all were telling the truth. Because remember, they don't even know who he is. And so Joseph keeps on controlling the narrative. Listen, listen to verse 25. Verse 25. Then Joseph gave a command to fill their sacks with grain and to restore every man's money to his sack and to give them provisions for the journey. Thus he did for them. Y'all still here with me? One more thing. Verse 35. And it happened as they emptied their sacks. That surprisingly, each man's bundle of money was in his sack. And when they and their father saw the bundles of money were there, they were afraid. Joseph has his haters in his hand. Instead of him crushing them, he blesses them. He's controlling the narrative. The whole process, he's controlling it. Watch this. By blessing those who have hurt him. By doing good to those who have done him evil. It works, y'all. It works. It works. I'm trying to talk to you. It works. And so he controls the narrative of the story and how these things play themselves out. If you have ascended to a place that is ordained by God, you need to walk in the ways of God so that the plan of God can be fulfilled according to the narrative that God has ordained to take place. When you step sideways in your ordained position, you are going to mess up what God has set up. Lord, help mercy. And God has set up to bless you up and to take you up. But when you step outside of that to try to get it on your own, then you're 
you're taking matters into your own hand and you're going to mess up what God has set up. Lord, help me here. Joseph is controlling the narrative. Last thing I want to say, and I'm out your way, is you, you need to conceal your identity. What's next after you ascend to your ordained position? Um, conceal your identity. Uh, control the narrative. Finally, confess the purpose of your position. Why are you in this spot? Look over at chapter 45 with me. Joseph, he, he, he got his brothers there, and um, this is after he had given them the silver cup and they brought him back and he got them all there. He's, he gets emotional again. So he's got his brothers all before him and, and they stood there and, and he started to cry. Um, because guess what? As much as they did you wrong, they're still your brother. They're still your sister. They're still your biological brother or sister. They're still your spiritual brother or sister. He gets emotional. He starts to cry. He can't contain himself. He throws everybody else out. He says, everybody get out. And he's now there with his brothers alone. And he's crying so loud. The text says that even all the Egyptians could hear him. He wept aloud. Verse 2 says the Egyptians all throughout the house of Pharaoh could hear him. And then Joseph says to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? Remember, he was trying to get to the purpose. He's trying to, get to find out what's going on with his family. Does my father still live? And can you imagine being one of the brothers right about now? Because right up until now, he's never spoken in their, their language. He's been speaking through interpreters. And now he speaks their language. So there's a few things going through your mind. What else did we say in his presence? And secondly, they can't believe that this is the brother. But his brothers, they could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. And Joseph says to his brothers, please come here. Come near me. So they came near. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Do not, therefore, be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me here before you. Joseph begins to confess his purpose. He calms his brother's fears by confessing the purpose of his position. You sold me. It was really God sending me. It's okay. It's okay, um, 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 brother, brother, sister who, who did wrong. Um, it's okay. Um, you, you fired me. <laughs> But God promoted me. See, see, so see, sometimes you need to understand that people's rejection of you is God's promotion of you. Sometimes God's got to cause folk to reject you so he can propel you into your ordained position. For if you had stayed where you were, you would never get to where you're supposed to be. Lord, have mercy. Sometimes you need to just tell your enemy, thank you for what you did to me. I know you meant it for evil, but God... He meant it for good. And, and so Joseph tells his brothers, look, y'all, I know y'all probably concerned about this. You probably think I'm going to take your head off, but y'all are the ones that sold me. But you need to understand, God was sending me ahead so I could save you. They didn't understand. They didn't see his purpose. 
They didn't care about him. They hated him. Matter of fact, when he was having all them dreams and stuff, they wanted to kill him for his dreams because they were like, Joseph, you think we're going to ever bow to you? They was mad about that thing. But watch this. Look at chapter 42, verse 6. Now, Joseph was governor over the land, and it was he who sold all the people of the land the grain, right? Joseph's brothers came. They bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. Look at chapter 43, verse number 26. And when Joseph came home, they brought him the present which was uh, in their hand into the house. And what did they do? And bowed down before him to the earth. That's the second time. Look, look at verse 28. And they answered, your servant, our father, is in good health. He is still alive. And they bowed their faces or their heads down and prostrated themselves before him. Look at chapter 44, verse 14. So Judah and his brothers came to Joseph's house and he was still there. And what did they do? And they fell before him on the ground. Now, y'all need to hear this because, see, the enemies of Joseph were his brothers and they were mad at him because they said, ain't no way we ever going to bow to you. Lord, have mercy. But now Joseph says, I need you to understand something about where I am. God has put me in this position for a reason. And even though you didn't think you was going to bow, you've already bowed down before me four times. I'm in this position so I can save your life. And the life of your posterity, Lord, have mercy. Verse 45, 7, God sent me before you to preserve and a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. You didn't like me. You didn't care about me. You, you was mad about my coat. But I need you to know something. You had a plan, but God had already ordained my end. And you might not like the fact that God saved me, that God has lifted me up and put me in this spot. For whatever position God has put you in, I've been put here so that I can do what God ordained for me to do so I can save your posterity, so I can make sure that you had life. I was put in position so that I can share the word of God, so that you can see the person of God being lived out in me. I was put in this spot so when judgment comes, you don't have to go to hell. You don't know have mercy you'll know that there is a God you'll know that there is hope when there's a midst of a pandemic you'll know what it looks like to stand strong when everybody falls around you I've been put in this spot for your prosperity I've been put in this spot to save you alive I hear Jesus I hear Jesus saying that's why I came I'm thankful today that I've ascended And that he ascended to his ordained position. Father in heaven, thank you for your word today. Thank you for your blessed Holy Spirit. Now God, speak. Draw men, women, boys, and girls. If they're unsaved, God, save them by your grace. If they're drifting, cause them to rededicate their lives today to you. If they're in need of a church home, God, draw them. 
to where they need to be. Speak to your people today and have your own way to the overflow. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.